Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Monday, July 19th, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the NSO group is back in the headlines, and it's maybe the worst allegations of hacking for hire yet. The US and NATO blame China for the exchange server hacks. Does iOS now split the market with Android, at least in the US? And is Tesla charging customers for hardware they already paid for? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Do you remember that NSO Group, the Israeli security company that allegedly sells the ability to hack into phones, including iPhones, of prominent people, especially people that various governments might want to keep track of? Stories pop up about NGO Group every six months or so. And well, once again, get this, quoting the Washington Post. Military-grade spyware licensed by an Israeli firm to governments for tracking terrorists and criminals was used in attempted and successful hacks of 37 smartphones belonging to journalists, human rights activists, business executives, and two women close to murdered Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, according to an investigation by The Washington Post and 16 media partners. The phones appeared on a list of more than 50,000 numbers that are concentrated in countries known to engage in surveillance of their citizens and also known to have been clients of the Israeli firm NSO Group, a worldwide leader in the growing and largely unregulated private spyware industry the investigation found. The list does not identify who put the numbers on it or why, and it is unknown how many of the phones were targeted or surveilled. But forensic analysis of the 37 smartphones shows that many display a tight correlation between timestamps associated with a number on the list and the initiation of surveillance in some cases as brief as a few seconds. Forbidden Stories a Paris-based journalism nonprofit and Amnesty International, a human rights group, had access to the list and shared it with the news organizations, which did further research and analysis. Amnesty's security lab did the forensic analysis on the smartphones. The numbers on the list are unattributed, but reporters were able to identify more than a thousand people spanning more than 50 countries through research and interviews on four continents several Arab royal family members, at least 65 business executives, 85 human rights activists, 189 journalists, and more than 600 politicians and government officials, including cabinet ministers, diplomats, and military and security officials. The numbers of several heads of state and prime ministers also appeared on the list. Among the journalists whose numbers appear on the list, which dates to 2016, are reporters working overseas for several leading news organizations, including a small number from CNN, the Associated Press, Voice of America, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg News, Le Monde in France, the Financial Times in London, and Al Jazeera in Qatar. The targeting of the 37 smartphones would appear to conflict with the stated purpose of NSO's licensing of its Pegasus spyware which the company says is intended only for use in surveilling terrorists and major criminals. The evidence extracted from the smartphones revealed here for the first time calls into question pledges by the Israeli company to police its clients for human rights abuses, end quote. Of the 67 phones Amnesty's security lab probed, 34 were iPhones, of which 23 showed signs of a successful Pegasus infection, and 11 showed attempts at infection. So again, it's always news when an iPhone can be demonstrated to be hackable. But wait, there's more. Is there a zero-click iMessage exploit out there too? Quoting from a different piece in the post, quote, the investigation found that iMessage, the built-in messaging app that allows seamless chatting among iPhone users, played a role in 13 of the 23 successful infiltrations of iPhones. iMessage was also the mode of attack in six of the 11 failed attempts Amnesty Security Lab identified through its forensic examinations. 
One reason that iMessage has become a vector for attack, security researchers say, is that the app has gradually added features which inevitably creates more potential vulnerabilities. They can't make iMessage safe, said Matthew Green, a security and cryptology professor at Johns Hopkins University. I'm not saying it can't be fixed, but it's pretty bad, end quote. One key issue, iMessage lets strangers send iPhone users messages without any warning to or approval from the recipient, a feature that makes it easier for hackers to take the first steps toward infection without detection. Security researchers have warned about this weakness for years. Quote, your iPhone and a billion other Apple devices out of the box automatically run famously insecure software to preview iMessages. Whether you trust the sender or not, said security researcher Bill Markzak, a fellow at Citizen Lab, a research institute based at the University of Toronto's Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. Quote, any computer security 101 student could spot the flaw here, end quote. Indeed, let me quote from a Markzak Twitter thread, quote, Amnesty Tech saw an iOS 14.6 device hacked with a zero-click iMessage exploit to install Pegasus. We at Citizen Lab also saw 14.6 device hacks with a zero-click iMessage exploit to install Pegasus. All this indicates that NSO Group can break into the latest iPhones. Also indicates that Apple has a major blinking red five-alarm fire problem with iMessage security that their Blast Door framework introduced in iOS 14 to make zero-click exploitation more difficult, ain't solving. As Amnesty Tech observed, and we at Citizen Lab can confirm, NSO Group's Pegasus spyware delivered via zero-click exploits is no longer persistent in the strict sense of the word, i.e. doesn't come back when you reboot. Persistence is achieved via firing the zero-click again. Because the zero-clicks they're using appear to be quite reliable, the lack of traditional persistence is a feature, not a drawback of the spyware. It makes the spyware more nimble and prevents recovery of the good stuff, i.e. the spyware and exploits from forensic analysis end quote. I could go on and on here because also apps like Signal or WhatsApp will not help you, apparently, with this exploit. And since potential targets of surveillance included journalists from every major publication basically in the Western world, if you're a dissident or just anyone who is maybe of interest to your government and you spoke to a journalist basically anywhere in the last year, don't assume your conversation was private. What does this mean? Well, this is Elise Jordan from NBC News. Quote, this is a huge story. Reporters, ranging from local freelancers such as the Mexican journalist Cecilio Pineda Berto, who was murdered by attackers armed with guns one month after his phone was selected, through to prize-winning investigative reporters, editors, and executives, end quote. Edward Snowden tweeted this, quote, The Israeli company behind this, the NSO Group, should bear direct criminal liability for the deaths and detentions of those targeted by the digital infection vectors it sells, which have no legitimate use, end quote. Meanwhile, the U.S., NATO, and other allies have come out with a statement collectively blaming China for various malicious cyber attacks, including the March attack that exploited a flaw in Microsoft's Exchange server. Quoting Axios, It's the first time that NATO, a military alliance founded in 1949 to confront the Soviet Union, has signed on to a formal condemnation of China's cyber activities. Authorities are detailing more than 50 different techniques that Chinese state-sponsored actors used and offering up recommended mitigations that businesses and organizations can take. 
The U.S., NATO, European Union, U.K., Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and Japan say they can now, quote, with high confidence, end quote, attribute the March attack using the exchange flaw to cyber attackers affiliated with China's state security ministry. That attack crippled thousands of computers around the world. The U.S. says it has raised the concerns with Chinese authorities and said it hasn't ruled out a further response, but also cautioned that no one action is likely to deter China, end quote. And real quick, Robinhood's appended filing is out, so I can tell you that the company is looking to raise as much as $2.3 billion in its upcoming IPO, has set a range of $38 to $42 per share, which gives it a valuation as high as $35 billion if all goes well. Robinhood's last private market valuation in September was $11.7 billion. With everybody fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features Features, help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. I use this, and you should too. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee, so get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. There was a time when all eyes were on Zoom to see if they could be more than a lockdown times one-hit wonder, if they could evolve into a larger platform for work. While 
Attention has largely moved on. Zoom has apparently been working hard in the background because, as the company said this morning, it is acquiring Five9, which makes cloud-based call center software for sales marketing and support in an all-stock deal valued at $14.7 billion. Gee, when your stock appreciates, that can be quite valuable currency, can it? Quoting CNBC. The deal marks Zoom's first billion-dollar acquisition and comes as the company prepares for a post-pandemic world with employees returning to the office. It's the second biggest U.S. tech deal this year, behind Microsoft's planned $16 billion purchase of Nuance Communications, according to FactSet. We are continuously looking for ways to enhance our platform, and the addition of Five9 is a natural fit that will deliver even more happiness and value to our customers, said Zoom CEO Eric Yuan in a press release. Five Nine closed on Friday with a market cap of $11.9 billion, or $177.60 a share. Zoom said Five Nine stockholders will receive 0.5533 shares of Zoom video communications for every Five Nine share. That values Five Nine at $228 a share, a 13% premium, and represents about 14% of Zoom's market cap of close to $107 billion. After expanding revenue by 326% in 2020, Zoom faces a natural slowdown, especially as companies reopen while face-to-face meetings resume. While the company has launched new products to reckon with coming changes to its business, it's now so big that organic growth alone is unlikely to satisfy Wall Street. It also needs new revenue sources as Microsoft ramps up competition in video chat with Teams. Zoom's stock price jumped almost 400% last year, though it's dropped 36% since reaching its peak in October." End quote. This is probably worth noting, wouldn't you say? According to a new research note, iOS now, quote, splits the market with Android, at least in the U.S., after iOS and Android each accounted for 50% of new U.S. smartphone activations in Q2 of 2021, quoting 9to5Mac. A new report today from analysts at Consumer Intelligence Research Partners, CIRP, details that Apple and Google are nearing parity in terms of new smartphone buyers in the United States. CIRP estimates that for customers that acquired a new phone in the year ending this quarter, Google, Android, and Apple iOS each had 50% of the new activations, the analysts say. This represents a significant victory for Apple, which has generally lagged behind Android in terms of smartphone activations. For the past several years, Android has generally secured 60% of new smartphone activations in the United States, compared to 40% for iOS. In the second calendar quarter of 2021, however, Apple closed the gap and now splits the market with Android. Mike Levin, CIRP co-founder, explained that this largely comes down to loyalty and switching to areas where iOS has dominated Android over recent years. Quote, Loyalty and switching help explain some of the change in share of new phone activations, with iOS gaining loyalty in a market with minimal switching. In the most recent quarter, Apple had an edge in loyalty with 93% of prior iPhone owners upgrading to a new iPhone, compared to 88% of Android owners staying with Android. Over several years, iOS gained about 5 percentage points in loyalty, while Android remained flat. This allowed Apple to steadily increase the iOS share of new smartphone activations." End quote. Finally today, I'm not quite sure how to sum this up other than to say, is Tesla charging owners $1,500 for hardware that they have already paid for? Quoting Electric, this weekend, 
Tesla started offering their long-awaited full self-driving subscription package for $199 a month. Along with the package, Tesla is offering a $1,500 hardware upgrade for early owners who have old hardware that is not capable of full self-driving tasks. The problem is, Tesla previously told those same owners that their cars were capable of full self-driving tasks and isn't allowing those owners to take advantage of the new subscription scheme without paying again for a hardware upgrade that they already paid for. All Teslas currently come with basic autopilot, a slate of driver assist and safety features. These include automatic lane keeping, traffic aware cruise control, and other standard safety features like emergency brake assist. These can help reduce the stress, particularly of highway driving, and enhance the safety of the vehicle. The full self-driving package takes this further and adds other driver assist features that allow the car to make more decisions on its own. These include navigate on autopilot, auto lane change, auto park and summon, traffic light, and stop signal control. Eventually, this package will offer full autonomy, but the software is not there yet and still requires driver attention at all times. The much-awaited subscription scheme offers a lower barrier to entry. Tesla owners with cars from late 2016 to mid-2019 might want to try out the software and see what it can do, especially since it has improved since they purchased their car. Maybe they don't know if they'd like it enough to want to spend $10,000, or maybe they don't think they'll have the car long enough to make it worthwhile. Any number of reasons. But to get that subscription, Tesla is demanding that those owners pay $1,500 upfront for the hardware upgrade that was previously given to all full self-driving purchasers for free. Remember, this is an upgrade that all Tesla owners since late 2016 already paid for by purchasing a vehicle that Tesla said included full self-driving hardware. As this information has percolated through Tesla forums and by word of mouth, many owners are showing their anger with Tesla over the changes. We've received several tips and messages and read lots of furious comments over this change, with some comments even calling for legal action. This isn't the first time Tesla has broken a promise to early customers. Tesla told early customers that prices would gradually rise for self-driving capabilities and to lock in their price now before it goes up. Then, before any self-driving features actually rolled out, Tesla pulled a bait-and-switch and lowered the price, despite the software never having been delivered yet at that time. Some might say this is analogous to buying a product that later dropped in price, but the difference is that the early purchasers here gained no benefit from owning the software early since the software didn't do anything yet at the time. Tesla also recently broke a promise with Tesla Solar Roof customers hiking prices on already signed contracts after stringing along those early customers for a year or more about solar roof availability. This sort of thing seems to happen a lot with Tesla. In fact, even before the aforementioned events, many early Model 3 owners purchased their vehicles with full self-driving, even though the software didn't do anything yet because they thought doing so would obligate Tesla to upgrade their computers for free if they later found out the hardware was not capable enough. So this sort of behavior is common enough from Tesla that many owners anticipated this happening years in advance." End quote. Nothing for you today. I'm off to get a haircut. Talk to you tomorrow.